The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Want to become best friends with the single most powerful person in the country? Whether she's a Gucci girl, Prada professional, coach queen, or target trendsetter, we'll untie the purse strings and give you the inside track on today's woman. How to capture her attention, grow her loyalty, and create such enthusiasm about your company or product that she spreads the word with her friends and family. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Purse Strings. Purse strings. Join marketing to women expert Maria Retan, senior principal at Carmichael Lynch Spong, as she chats with those in the know so your business can grow. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Purse Strings. Here's your host, Maria Retan. Good afternoon. Welcome to Purse Strings. I'm Maria Retan. Thanks so much for joining me today. You can catch Purse Strings right here every Tuesday at 3 o'clock Eastern Time. Each and every week, you'll learn how you and your company can corner the market on the most powerful consumer in the country, the 51% of us who control more than 80% of all the spending, the woman. Well, I do a lot of sourcing from Stuart Elliott, one of my favorite columnists, and he just had an article not too terribly long ago, just at the end of last month, February 28th, talking about co-branding, and those of you listening today may or may not do some co-branding. It seems to be the wave of the future, and he's calling out two different co-branding opportunities that we're going to see coming up in May and over the summer coming from some pretty big wigs, but they've managed to get their name in the title of the program. Now, those of us in advertising know that that is typically not done, but apparently um, people are starting to make some headway with this. Um, According to Stuart Elliott, uh, a branded entertainment deal for a reality culinary competition that's going to be airing on Bravo uh, will actually put the name of the sponsor in the title. It's called Around the World in 80 Plates, presented by Chase Sapphire Preferred. It is a credit card from Chase Card Services, which is a unit of J.P. Morgan Chase. Um, and it's, it's more than that. Of course, as you know, anytime you sponsor something, you really want the concept of your product integrated into that program. Well, what's going to happen, according to Chase, is they are actually going to be using the credit card throughout 10 episodes of the series, which will follow 12 chefs visiting 10 countries in 40 days. They're going to have content um, on Chase Sapphire's Facebook page, and they're going to have events in local markets as well as a finale party that customers can use points to to attend. Sounds pretty fun, right? Well, what's the price tag on this? Well, according to Stuart Elliott, they're estimating the cost of this sponsorship deal between Chase Card Services and Bravo to be upwards of $8 million. Um, So depending on your advertising budget, that may or may not fit into it. Uh, But it may be worth it to have your title actually in uh, the program. Now, a Canadian show called Recipe to Riches is another one that's going to be coming out, and it's actually showcasing a national supermarket chain selling products based on the recipes from home cooks that win competitions held each and every week. So um, something that we may be seeing more of, want to keep your eyes on that, and if you are actually considering a sponsorship deal, you know what? You can point to this as an example of what's possible these days. Well, our first profile today is a reasonable luxury mom. This is a woman who around 35 to 45 years old, married. 
there's about a million of these women out there, average age of 40. Um, they do, for the most part, um, stay at home. Um, they aren't employed, in fact, at all. They, they consider themselves to be homemakers. And they really are focused on their kids. And they do struggle with the desire to have luxury items and the role of being a mom. They have a lot of guilt associated with spending money on themselves. Um, but they love luxury, and they feel like it's worth paying more for extra goods. They like to own quality things. And they'll even travel a while out to try to get to outlet stores so they can afford it. Um, and they're focused on top designers. Um, they consider themselves to be the money manager of the home and try to teach their kids on how to be careful with the money, even though it's hard for them to resist when kids ask for those non-essentials. They'll shop around for the best prices as well and look for special offers. They do prefer shopping um, specialty stores, and their friends do motivate them on where they shop and what they shop for. They'll ask for their advice, actually, and seek that out. And they say that they're easily swayed by others and their shopping preferences. And they love their brands. They're always shopping their brands. So when it comes to brands, uh, they love Clinique and L'Oreal and MAC, Victoria's Secret and Chanel. Um, they're driving Volvo and Honda and Audi and Mercedes. And when it comes to media, you can connect with them through parenting magazines like Parenting and Parents or Shape or Real Simple. Um, Family Fun is a good one as well as Vogue. And then they're online at Disney.com, mainly for the kids, but you can reach her there, as well as Amazon. Well, my guest for today knows a lot, probably about that uh, reasonable luxury mom, but a, a lot about a lot of moms. Jill Smokler, in fact, is herself a stay-at-home mom who's managed to turn her blog, Scary Mommy, I love that title, Scary Mommy, into really what's being called a runaway hit. Her theme for her blog is parenting doesn't have to be perfect. So just as that uh, reasonable luxury mom is struggling over guilt and, and her selfish behavior at times, Scary Mommy's saying it's okay if you're not absolutely perfect. And in fact, Jill's taken, um, taken her take on parenting across lots of social and traditional media. I'm going to be talking to Jill about the popularity of her blog, why it seems to be resonating so well with moms, and how marketers can do a better job of connecting with those blogging audience, audiences out there. More from Jill when Purse Strings returns after the break. Okay, time for something we can all relate to, shopping. Purse Strings will be right back after these messages from our advertisers. Johnson, what's this mantis I keep hearing about? Do we need to call an exterminator? No, sir. Moby Mantis is our new SMS marketing tool. SM what? SMS. Text messaging. Moby Mantis lets us communicate directly with our customers in real time. We can send promos, coupons. It even lets our customers market for us by sharing offers with their friends online. It's been great for business. Hmm. Sounds expensive. Actually, I sign us up for an extended free trial. It hasn't cost us a dime. Good work, Johnson. I guess the only thing we'll be exterminating is the competition. To get your free extended trial of Moby Mantis, text RADIO to 21691. That's RADIO to 21691 for Moby Mantis. From the creators of We Build Pages, experience the power of the Internet Marketing Ninja. An exclusively trained army of nearly 100 in-house ninjas. Mastered in the arts of social media, local marketing, content creation, SEO reporting, and yes, link building. The Internet Marketing Ninjas will release a new version of their legendary tools to the public. 
visit imninjas.com. The ninjas are coming. MySEOTool.com is your all-in-one SEO management resource. MySEOTool.com makes it easy to optimize and oversee all of your SEO efforts. Line-by-line detailed reports help you identify any problems and show you how to fix them. MySEOTool.com is completely automated. Once you use it, you will see a rise in your search rankings and traffic. Try my SEO tool risk-free today. Go to myseotool.com. Myseotool.com. Radio's virtual autobahn. Webmasterradio.fm. Moving at the speed of light. Webmasterradio.fm. We're everywhere. Her strings is back with the inside track on today's woman. Here's your host, Maria Retan. Welcome back to Purse Strings. Joining me today is Jill Smokler. She's a stay-at-home mom who's turned her blog, Scary Mommy, into a huge hit. And I wonder why I think Scary Mommy probably resonates a lot with people. Welcome to the program, Jill. Thank you so much for having me. It's good to be here. Well, I just love the title of your blog, and I think a lot of us can probably relate to being a scary mommy every once in a while, um, tell us a little bit about why you launched your blog and what re- what really motivated it. Well, I really started it as, simply as a, an online baby book of sorts for my youngest son. Um, I had three kids who were really little and a newborn, and I I looked at my daughter's baby book, which was you know about three quarters of the way filled out, and my sons who was two years behind and he had a big box just where I would throw every keepsake and sort of notable piece of paper and I thought this poor kid is going to have nothing. (laughs) He's not going to have any record of his childhood. You know, I have to do something and a blog just seemed like a decent way to be able to put, you know, sort of a collection of little stories and pictures out there to send to family and not harass them with, you know, annoying photo-filled emails all the time and just a way to keep track of his early days. So that's how it started. Um, and I had no no intention of, of really building it into what it's become, um, but it's uh, you know, a thrilling uh, surprise. Yeah. Well, it, you know, sometimes you start with one intention and it builds into another. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but I, I am curious, how did you get the name Scary Mommy? What makes you scary in your mind? Well, it's funny. The, the The way the name came about and sort of what it's become are two entirely different things. My son um, was going through this, my middle son, who was two at the time, was going through this phase where he was afraid of everything from his grilled cheese sandwich to his car seat to sleeping in his room. He'd watch some Disney movie about, I forget which it was, but it had a witch, and he was just like a scaredy cat for this time period, and he started calling everything scary. And when he referred to me as Scary Mommy, I was just... I've been going over names to, you know, put the site together, to put the blog together, and it just, I thought it was perfect. So that's how the name came about, and I feel like I've sort of grown into it. Um, Now it sort of represents just an honest mom who isn't afraid to tell it how it is and admit that, you know, mothering isn't all sunshine and rainbows all the time, and I think that's how other people look at it, but it's funny because it's not, not how it came about. You're really not that scary, are you, Jill? No, I know. It's like my cover has been blown. I really like to think I'm much scarier than I am. But I do, I feel like I do scare, you know, sort of the the perfect moms um, out there do do tend to be afraid of me. But it, it's a small percentage yeah. of the population. 
Uh, exactly. They're a very small percent, I can guarantee you. I have two kids of my own, and I'm far from perfect. Yes. There are a ton of mommy blogs out there. How would you describe your blog as different from maybe some of those other ones? Well, I really think what the blog has become is much more of a community. There's definitely the blog aspect where I write a couple times a week, um, but I also have contributors. I have a Scary Mommy Society where other bloggers um, contribute posts twice a week. I have message boards that are just, it amazes me that just moms from all over the world just spend their days on these boards, you know, talking about issues with their kids and their husbands and their jobs and whatever else is going on. Um, And then I have a confessional on the site, which is completely anonymous and just a place where you can go and get something off your chest that you wouldn't necessarily put as a Facebook update or a tweet, um, just, you know, a thought on motherhood that, that you're not exactly proud of. So, you know, I think the blog has sort of become secondary or just one of many other elements on the site, which I think is different than a lot of other blogs out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, that kind of leads me to another question I had because I, I saw you had the this, this Scary Mom, Mommy Society and the Scary Mommy Confessionals that you just talked about, and I thought those were, were fun, and it really did allow for community on the site. Did you just kind of organically feel like that you wanted your site to become that kind of community, or were you getting feedback from, from readers? Kind of how did you land on the Society and Confessionals concepts? Well, the society came much earlier, and it really came about when I'd started building a strong readership and really felt like I had, you know, just just people who were checking in every day and commenting, and I was getting to know them, and they were really getting to know me. And I thought, you know, it's taken, it took about two years to get to that point, and I felt like I, I really didn't get any help along the way from veteran bloggers, from anyone who'd been there before. You know, there was nobody really sort of offering to help the newcomers try and build an audience and, you know, get get their work seen by more people. And I thought, you know, I have this opportunity now where I have people reading and it would be nice to to help some people who've come along after. So that's how the society came about. Um, and the confessional came about after. Um, I just, I had written a couple of posts just on sort of mothering moments that I wasn't particularly proud of. And the comments, were so funny from anonymous people when it didn't link back to a blog. They were so much funnier than when it linked back to a blog and actually had a name. And I thought that's interesting that, that people who feel like, you know, there's no way I know who, exactly who they are are just comfortable telling these stories, you know, and just funny things and, and serious things and just mishaps and mistakes and things that they've done that, that they wouldn't talk about on their own sites. And I wondered, you know, what my my readers would say if they all could be anonymous. Um, and that's, that's how that came about. And it was, I thought it would be um, just very light and funny and, you know, about people feeding their kids mac and cheese, you know, five nights for dinner or skipping pages in a bedtime story. Um, and it's evolved into much more. There's definitely a funny element. There's also, you know, people who confess being unhappy in their marriages, people who confess, you know, wishing that they'd never had kids, just all sorts of things that, for whatever reason, they're not not comfortable talking about. Mm-hmm. Feels like you almost need to get a therapist license, don't you think? <laughs> I have had people say that the confessional saves them thousands of dollars in therapy, so that's wonderful. And, I, you and the best thing is, I don't need the advice. Word. I don't know what I'm doing. I can't tell them how to fix it, but if it if it helps them to get it off their chest, that's that's perfect. It's cathartic, I'm sure, exactly. very cathartic. Well, and you parlayed uh, those tools, if you will, um, into an app as well. How's that, how's that doing for you? 
The app is great. The app is um, it's basically just a much more pleasant way to use the confessional on the iPhone. It's only available on an iPhone or an iPad, um, and it's basically the same features on the site with the added benefit of seeing the most liked, the most hugged, and the most, oh, my God, me too confessions. Um, so it's it's going well. It's um, You know, I think people can view it on the site. They can view it through the app. It's just... Uh, Sort of, you know, where if they're on a computer, a phone, whatever, it's easiest for them. Yeah, it's mobile purging, I say. Yeah, you know, just take it everywhere. <laughs> just purge well, it well, I mean, wherever it's great you are, to be whatever able to you do it, it. You know, wherever you happen to be. And I find myself, I rarely confess on the computer, but if I'm out in public, you know, at a birthday party or something, it's the perfect time to just, you know, write something nasty about that obnoxious mother sitting next to you that you that you can't say <laughs> exactly. to anyone around you. Anonymously, always. Exactly. Anonymously. <laughs> and feel better right afterwards. So there you go. Right. Um, no wonder the app is doing so well. Now, you've actually, so you've got the society, you've got the confessionals, you've got the app, but now you're going to have a book. Tell us about the book coming um, out and just, gosh, really soon around Mother's Day. It's really soon. It's actually coming out April 3rd. So it's available oh, for Mother's sooner Day. Sooner than I thought. <laughs> um, which is frighteningly soon. Um, the book is called Confessions of a Scary Mommy, and it's very much um, the same, you know, it's, it's me, so it's the same, the same tone as the site. Um, it's all new original essays um, on everything from my experience with pregnancy and childbirth and bringing home my first kid and adding the others to the mix, um, and then, you know, just sort of the, the day-to-day experiences that we all go through and then interspersed throughout the book or confessions um, from the confessional on my site. So it's fun. I've had people, I've sent out a few advanced copies, and one of the people I sent them to actually found her confession in there, and she was really excited to see it in there. So it's a good mix of, you know, material from me and then, and then stuff from other moms too. Oh, that's great. Well, we look forward to that. And will that be available on Amazon, in a bookstore, anywhere I can... It's it is. It's going to be. It's going to be in Target. It'll be at Barnes and Noble. It's online. It's available for presale um, already. The links are all on my site, um, and, and hopefully everybody can find it near them too. Okay, wonderful. We'll keep an eye out for that. Well, with that, we're going to take a quick break, Jill. And when we come back, we're going to switch gears a little bit and talk about kind of how companies are engaging you as a blogger. Um, I'm sure you get wooed a lot, especially now that um, that your blog is such a huge hit. So we're going to talk more uh, to Jill about that when First Strings returns in just a moment. Okay, time for something we can all relate to, shopping. First Strings will be right back after these messages from our advertisers. How far do your ads reach? You don't have to fly around the world for the right consumers and clients to find your business. What you need is profit through performance. Location 3 Media helps you to increase your brand's findability and performance. Let Location 3 Media help you create efficient and effective online marketing campaigns that fit your needs and get you results. We know every click starts a journey. Where will your brand be on the path? Visit Location3Media.com. Oh yeah, my day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use CertifiedKnowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. 
Hi, I'm Brad Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white-label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. Podcasting at the speed of sound. WebmasterRadio.fm. The flamethrower. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. Her Strings is back with the inside track on Today's Woman. Here's your host, Maria Retan. And welcome back. I've been chatting with Jill Smokler. She is the brains behind the blog, Scary Mommy, or I would say the scary behind the Scary Mommy, but we've already deemed that Jill is not really scary at all, but maybe perfect moms out there should be scared of Scary Mommy. Uh, We spent uh, a lot of today um, talking about really your great success with your blog. Congratulations. The book that's coming out April 3rd. Uh, but I know now that you've re- you know kind of achieved so much success that you have to be wooed by tons of companies. Talk a little bit, if you would, Jill, about how you like companies to engage with you. What works? Well, there are a couple things that work. Um, I would say the most important um, line that I read is the the dear, you know, either if it's Jill or whatever the salutation might be. Um, I immediately spam any email that I'm addressed to as dear blogger, dear sir, <laughs> dear writer, um, you know, dear, I, I've gotten emails addressed to dear Michael, obviously I, I am not Michael in any way, shape, or form. I, I, so I'd say the most important part is to just pay attention to who you're writing to and specifically address them because, you know, we, have, we get so many emails every day and nothing turns me off more than, than a greeting like that. Um, and really just, just, when someone, a company shows that they're reading me, I'm much more inclined to respond. And even if it doesn't work out and, and turn into a partnership or any sort of agreement, you know, it, who knows what it could become in the future. You know, if somebody says, I've been reading you, you know, for two years and I'm, you know, really excited about this and I related to this post and, you know, I, I feel the same way about so-and-so and whatever, you know, I'm not going to delete that. I'm going to at least engage them and, you know, figure out if there's any possibility. If somebody just sends me a form mass email that they've obviously sent, you know, 500 other bloggers. I'm not going to take the time to, to not only read it, but to think about how we could possibly work together. So those are really important things. Yeah, thank you for that. And I know we've, I've talked to other bloggers before who've, who've said some of the same things, that they can tell that when this entity approaches them, but they've really not paid any attention to the blog, right? Oh, they don't so really obvious. understand the nature so of the obvious. blog. And that's... It, and in other words, you just want publicity. You really don't care about how you're engaging, I think, is the message that many of them have said that they receive from that kind of engagement. Right, and that's not, I mean, that's never what's going to work. And I think companies, 
you know, get really excited about reaching moms and think, God, if I can, you know, if I can send an email to 500 moms and, you know, maybe a couple of them are going to respond, then I've succeeded. But you haven't. If you send out a really thoughtful, targeted email to a handful of moms who you think, you know, really can help parlay a message for you, there's just a much greater chance of success for everybody. Mm-hmm. Well, and I know you've had a lot of success with those kinds of partnerships. Um, I know you've partnered with Target before very successfully, but if you would, share one or two examples of what you've deemed as, as a successful partnership with companies. Well, Target, like you said, um, was really exciting. It was um, a partnership where we joined forces and on the, they hosted a contest on their Facebook page for their fans and my Facebook fans, um, to basically dress me for a month. It was, you can choose from these outfits, and these are Jill's events for the month of May, and what do you think she should wear? And I had to wear whatever outfit got the most likes. Um, and it was really neat because it was a way for people to not only see, you know, what, what this pair of pants, you know, paired with this sweater and these shoes and this heels looked like on an actual person versus a, you know, size 2 model, um, but I also wrote honestly about what I thought of everything. You know, I, I hated wearing the shorts. I thought they were uncomfortable. I, I hated the way I looked in them. People kept making me wear them. I kept wearing them and <laughs> complaining about them. Um, and it was, you know, it, it really opened my eyes to sort of wearing different things and increasing my comfort level in different things. Um, and it was it was just, it was a great, a great month. Um, it was a company that I really believed in and thought, you know, that it really applied to most of my readership. You know, whether you are really struggling and, and can't afford, you know, to, to go on this big shopping spree, but maybe you can pick out two items, you know, every couple of months from Target. Um, or if you, you know, want to go there every couple days and treat yourself to something new. I feel like everybody loves Target. Everybody can find something, you know, within their price range, hopefully. So it, it really made sense. Um, that's That's been one of my favorites. Another um, experience with the company really wasn't a partnership. It came from Twitter. I was um, tweeting just with a friend of mine about her. She was complaining about her vacuum, and I piped in and just said, you know, I I hate my Dyson. I was given it as a gift, and it just does not suck like a vacuum should. And we were just sort of going back and forth about um, – Dyson and how disappointed we were in it. With no, we weren't. We weren't tagging them. We weren't using a hashtag. We weren't trying to get their attention. We were just talking like people do on Twitter. Um, and about 20 minutes later, somebody from Dyson reached out to me and said, "You know, we're so sorry to hear about this experience. It's not, not what we want to hear about. We'd like to send you, you know, our, our newest vacuum. It must have been a defect. You know, like, why don't you try it out?" We don't want you to blog about it. We don't want you to tweet about it. You know, just we just want to make sure that, you know, you're a Dyson fan because we really believe that our product is the best. And they sent it to me, and it was the best vacuum ever. I mean, it was, like, <laughs> ridiculously powerful. I, I love vacuuming with it because it's it's kind of thrilling to, you know, vacuum this carpet and just see what what you get out of it when you think it looks clean to your eye. Um, and it was, and of course, you know, I wrote a post about it. I tweeted about it because it, not because the vacuum was so great, but just because that's, that's a, a great way to use social media, that Dyson mm-hmm. doesn't have a Twitter account. They don't have, at that time, I don't think they had a Facebook page. They don't, they're not putting out tweets and information for people. They are just really closely monitoring what other people are saying about them and reacting to it. So that, that was a really interesting um, experience with the company that I hadn't really had before and, ha- and really haven't had since, and I think it was unique. 
Yeah, I, you know, I, I think there's some good takeaways from that. One is they weren't necessarily expecting you to do anything in return, right? They just right. really wanted you. They believed so much in their product. They, they wanted you to experience it. And we know, um, I come from a marketing background. I actually work for a PR agency. It's my day job. And we know that getting products in hands of people who um, can appreciate them is one of the most powerful ways to convince people to try, buy, and recommend, right? And Absolutely. Um, and, just to not, and clearly, not, you had that reaction. <laughs> absolutely. And, and to not shove it down people's throats. I mean, there was, there was no, you know, pre-written letter, you know, and if you like this, you can do A, B, and C, and you should do this and that and the other thing. It was just, you know, we feel so strongly that you will like this, and, you know, whether you... And this this was it was not said by them, but whether I spread it, you know, through word of mouth with my girlfriends on a one-on-one basis or my blog or Twitter or whatever, they just believed in the product that strongly. And I think I think that says a lot. And I think other companies, um, you know, could could look at that. Well, we've just got a minute left, Jill. But as we as we leave you, what would you say would maybe you've given us tons of tips? I think on how to engage bloggers in an authentic way that's going to be powerful. Last example was a great one. But are there any like maybe your top three tips that you would say companies listening today really you need to heed these um, in order to have really a positive engagement experience with bloggers? I would say foremost to really find people that fit organically with whatever your company is. I get pitches from um, everything from, like, athletic companies to, you know, car, you know, car companies and things that I really don't care about. I do not exercise. I don't care what car I drive. You know, that's not something that I'm passionate about. If if somebody wants to, to appeal to me, it's going to be about something involving, you know, my kids or humor or, you know, something that's pertinent to me. So I'd say really, you know, figure out who – who you're trying to reach and keep on target. Um, become really familiar with their with their sites and their content, and and be able to reference it. Um, and just I I'd say really spend a lot of time on a cover letter and and make it very obvious that you're not sending out a form letter. You know I, I frequently get pitches that are addressed to a, an entire group of people and not even blind copied. That it's just sent out to 500 people, which. Mm-hmm. As you know, and, and then people press reply all, and you're getting reply alls to you know a, a pitch about um, you know a measuring cup. It's, it's there's there are a lot of things that can go wrong. So I, I'd just say attention to detail is probably the the biggest point. Yeah, you can never fall short uh, no. with that tip for sure. Just know who you're you're approaching, and don't treat everybody the same. I think too is a, is, is a good one to your point. Well, I wish you the best of luck with the book that's coming out April third. Again, you can check it out pretty much any bookstore near you and and on Amazon, and then. For those folks listening today who haven't gone on to scarymommy.com, you're going to want to do that too. Jill, thank you so much for being on the program today. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. And thanks to George, my producer, for another technically uh, flaw-free show. Thank you, George. And join me right here for another edition of Purse Strings next Tuesday at 3 o'clock Eastern Time. Until then, make it a great one.